Hello and welcome to Look Who's Laughing, a comedy podcast presented by Motif Magazine, where we sit down with comedic talents and discuss their thoughts and experiences with life and the world of comedy. Today we are sharing a few laughs with Louis Black. We want to thank our sponsors, The Parlor in Providence, Rhode Island, R1 Entertainment, and the Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden. So sit back, turn up the volume, and enjoy the show. Okie dokie, folks. My name is John Fusick. Today I have comedian Louis Black on the line. Black will be bringing his Off the Rails tour to Veterans Memorial Auditorium in Providence on March 12th. How are you today? What do you think? I don't know. What, what's your guess, uh, considering the way it's going? You know, it's really working out. You know, every day, the rainbow gets larger, the sense of America getting closer, our, our ability to, to deal with problems, even the simplest. We get better and better at it. We're, we uh, seem to be coming together uh, with an understanding that there is one reality. <laughs> it's, it's just joyous. It's every day. I, I just, uh, you know, I wake up and I chortle and I howl with joy. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. I've never seen anything like it. I, I cannot believe that I'm forced to be living in a time that is pretty close to what it was when I was uh, 11 years old can always count well, on you for the more of a belief well, except the, the only upside was when i was 11 there was more of a belief in science <laughs> true true yeah so uh is this how you start every day no just when i got to talk about it otherwise i keep it to myself <laughs> so how do you start your day with news uh newspaper i usually study with a well you know the kids uh, used to do it i and people get upset when I say this, but I like to start it with a little cutting. You know, I take a little razor blade and just take a couple of, just nothing major, just enough to get the blood flowing. <laughs> just so that I know that it's not going to be, the day will not be more painful than that. Um, now I get up, I turn the TV on, I flip back between two or three uh, stations that try to make, you know, to make sure that we haven't, you know, that there's that whatever catastrophe that was supposed to befall the day before didn't befall us and i go back and forth between two or three channels i uh i get the the times i used to get the times in the post but uh, the post got too insane the new york post just got so they, you know they i just got tired of them printing their own news yeah didn't they get to turn out to like the national Enquirer or something well they, they didn't get that bad and, and But what I really liked about the Post was the, the sports section because it was really, if you were, and I'm not a Yankee fan or any of that stuff, but it was just phenomenal to read because it would be like uh, they'd lose two games and this was it. You know, it'd be 10 games into the season and they'd lose two games in a row. It'd be the end of the year. It was phenomenal. <laughs> it was always epic. It's always mythic. Um, but the rest of the paper was just, it was, uh, you know, it would be good for uh, – the parakeet to shit on. <laughs> well, at least it has a use. That's that's a good thing. Yes, exactly. And I would read a thing, and also I read a thing uh, during the the week called the week, which I um, I wish would sponsor my rant cast, but they don't seem to be paying attention. Well, you never know unless you ask. Did well, you... I'm not going to ask. Okay, <laughs> they could do a little work on their part. I'm doing what I can. Hey, I haven't got time. I got things to worry about. I don't know if you know it, but it's really, it's good. If folks who don't know it should, anyone who's waffling between the realities might want to read it because it does a very good job of 
kind of covering uh, every side. It really is kind of a remarkable piece of work in, in the midst of all this. When people say, gee, what are the facts? It's a good place to go to. Yeah, it's hard to find facts these days. And it's I, I, Oh, yeah, it's impossible. And if they actually had a channel with facts, nobody would, they, you know, uh, nobody would, nobody, they would say, well, we tried to do it and only six people watched. <laughs> Everybody wants to be coddled by their own uh, reality questions and yeah, you know, it's all about it's it's all about what he caught the um, reinforcing the stupidity. Yeah, and but the uh, you know it's their um, you know like MSNBC and Fox and and, and then CNN has even moved toward the uh, the whole kind of uh, you know we're gonna you know opinion and and not a, you know it's like unbelievable and all of it catastrophe oriented. Oh yeah, they make they make Everything something out of nothing. Everything is to see it, and it's all uh, conjecture. Well, you know, it could happen tomorrow. We don't really know, but it could be tomorrow. Well, I just happened to catch Fox News, and they're trying to make a big thing out of Bob Saget now. They're trying to make a controversy over the way he died. Are you kidding? Yeah, they're trying to make a controversy over the way he died. They're making it suspicious. Of course it's... Well, you know, it is, you know, for those of us who knew him, it is somewhat suspicious, but you, it's, I'm not going to go, oh, someone... You know, oh boy, out of the night, someone you know clubbed him. No, you fucking idiots. Well, that's what they're trying to do. I mean, it's yeah, just. Of course, see, I've known. Madness. Yeah, I've known people who've hit their heads like that and have suffered consequences afterwards. I mean, people just shrug things off. I've I've shrugged off hitting my head, and it didn't pay off very well either. No, it's really it's it's a very strange, um, uh, and it, and they shouldn't have let. They just should have said it was, uh, you know, that he, uh, you know, they they didn't need to go into detail with it. No, I'm sorry for the, and I and I know uh, I met his daughter, and and and, and uh, you know, it's uh, one of his daughters, and they they shouldn't torment the family like that. And Fox has no right to do anything other than. When it comes to that, it's, it's not even there. It's not even in their uh, purview. No, and that's I... a word that that's a word they wouldn't even understand. It <laughs> no, they probably wouldn't. No. Do you ever watch that just for uh, fodder? Uh, I can't. I, I can't because I'm, what I'm what I'm watching, you know, in terms of uh, otherwise is is fodder. So whatever I watch is fodder. It's it's dumber fodder. Yeah, you know, I got from stupid to stupider fodder. You know, I mean, I don't because I can't. I don't want to turn anything on that allows Tucker Carlson uh, breathing time. No, no, that's true. I I don't know why he's even allowed on the air. In air time, I mean, because otherwise people go, "Well, he said, shut up." No, I didn't. I meant air time. Okay, <laughs> you know, he was a big fan of mine at one point. Really? Yeah, he approached me. This was years ago when there was that uh, point counterpoint, and I was over at CNN oh. uh, doing some. And he happened to, and he goes, "I can't, you know, you, you know, I'm a big fan." Well, terrific. <laughs> um, and his father, it turns out, was kind of a um, was a, uh, a re reporter in that kind of ilk that he is, or an opinion. That, I thought his family know, owned Swanson Foods. They could have too, but his mother might have. But he, um, if you go online, look up his father. There was a thing called the something and the God. I'll never remember it. HBO did a thing about a. Oh, was it that re up. the religious cult no, thing? No, 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 no. No, that, no. This was about a. It was a. 
about a car, uh, a woman who'd come up with a car. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, a like... man who came up with a car. It was kind of a, um, you know, it was the first one of these kind of very, uh, you know, it was going to save people gasoline and stuff. And um, and then also transition to be a woman. And, the, and, the, and one of the reporters who was on this thing and uh, was, was Tucker Carlson's dad. Really, Richard. Huh. Richard, yeah. If you look it up, it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, I have to it's check like, that out. Like father, like son. And I was sitting there going, "That can't be." It's one of those things. You go, "No." Well, I guess no, the stup- that can't be. Stupidity is genetic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, how do you feel about this Joe Rogan thing? Do you know? I don't Joe? want to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. No interest in discussing it. Everybody wants to discuss. I mean, it seriously, it's done. Oh, that's fine. Me. It was. Here's the reason. I don't care. I don't listen to him. Okay, that's a on good reason. Shit, on the list of shit that needs to be worried about, he is literally on the sideline, and uh, we have so many more problems than that idiot. Um, and then uh, you know, and 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 what was? And it was nobody was you know. And then it's like God, he was saying this. Nobody was listening to it. Now they are probably. And now they're going wow, you know. So it's like, why don't you point to it? Yeah, true. It's something that I've said about every step of the way with this stuff. It's like uh, it was like the business with the Super Bowl and her was her breast exposed. You know, they go, uh, you know, I sat 10 feet from the from the TV. I didn't see it. And then they were going every day. There it is. There's her nipple. 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 You know, guys, what what is the matter with you? I mean, I I mean, I have I've I've known Joe. I mean, I know him a bit and I've done his show and. you know, it's like, uh, you know, you, you, you know, the, the, what what upsets me, a hundred million dollars they pay to Joe Rogan, and then they won't pay the comics, uh, the other comics there, um, you know, that they, you know, they play over and over again. They they will pay them for the performance, not for the writing. Well, that's the way I feel about Spotify as well, is because I'm a musician and I won't put my music up there because I don't want to make a a, a quarter of a cent. Yeah, I mean, it's it's worthless. They should but, pay people fairly instead of. Disgusting. They do pay. I mean, they they have paid. I mean, what they did do um, was get uh, and and help develop uh, an audience for a lot of comics who you know that and and help sustain an audience for them and then and then get them you know aside some some payment right right uh, you know which is really you know vital for a lot especially if you're a middle act now or an opening act so in that way great but they've um, but then you're paying him a hundred million it's like you know come on yeah Um, it's ridiculous that that money and then you say well we can't pay the other people well uh, you know you you could have and then they uh, and, and my friend Kathleen Madigan had said, you know, that she was keeping me informed when the Rogan thing was rolling out. That because uh, I didn't know that, you know, stuff that had been that had been said, you know, the people that he had on the show. Because I don't, you know, pay attention because it's not interesting to me. Okay, we can move on to something else. Yeah, I mean, maybe... I don't go, boy. You know, when I want my info, boy, do I really want to hear? You know, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts to no, begin with. I. This is actually this is the first one I'm doing. <laughs> You're my guinea pig. You've broken my podcast cherry. Is that right? That's right. Boy, they didn't tell me that. I would have said, "Fuck you." <laughs> so uh, you brought up Kathleen Madigan. Um, how is yeah, she doing? I I never see her tour anywhere in New England. Yeah, she does. Um, she's up in Boston. She plays the. Uh, the um, God, I just saw the name of it today. The one that they all play. 
The Wilbur? The Wilbur. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll have to try because I, I She would... plays that once she plays that at least once a year. She's great. Yeah, no, I love uh, her. I I've I've watched her specials she, over and over. I don't think she plays Rhode Island, but she plays the Wilbur and does that two or three nights. No, I've never seen her Rhode Island. I'd love to see her. I, I love her specials. Yeah. She's hysterical. I mean she's one and of my her favorite podcast her her podcast is phenomenal. So meanwhile I would rather Instead of talking about Joe Rogan's podcast, I'd rather promote her podcast, which I think is exceptional. What is the name of her podcast? It's, uh, what does she call it? Uh, uh, Kathleen Madigan's Podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll have to check that out because I do really like her comedy. And I've asked you Thank about you. her every time I've talked yeah. to you because I love her stuff. And speaking of other. If you go to YouTube, if you go to YouTube, uh, Kathleen Madigan's Podcast, you'll find it. Okay. And uh, that than and wasting your time on, on, the, on the Joe Rogan because uh, hers is <laughs> genuinely funny. How about John Bauman? Is he coming along with you again this time? John is not coming along. Um, he uh, he had, uh, but um, uh, Jeff Stilson. Oh, okay. Uh, is a very fine, funny uh, comedian. Um, also was the original editor of uh, and, and producer, exec producer of uh, of the Ozzy Osbourne show. Oh, okay. Because I've seen you a few times, and John has been the opening act. Right, and John was for a long time, and then he uh, then it just he he, he basically moved on. Oh, okay. And, uh, he did. And, uh, I and like also the... because and Jeff and I were also starting to work on some stuff, so it made more sense for me to work with Jeff on the road uh, than John. So it was uh, I moved on there. All right, we'll have to check his stuff out. I, I you've always had uh, good opening acts, so I enjoy. He's that. really good. He was uh, he was one of the first comics I kind of ran into when I was on my first one of my first TV. Uh, appearances on caroline's comedy hour okay that's how i met him um so uh any other comics that you uh appreciate besides them uh, i i it was just uh, david tell i've always loved um uh ted alejandro who uh, opens for on occasion for jim gaffigan and i think bill burr is terrific uh i don't get to see uh a lot of up-and-coming comics because i just am not i literally work i do four days a week and then i'm not coming back and gonna you know, go to a club i'm just don't do it you know i'm not gonna uh spend you know i'm just spend four days on the road no it's it's understandable i would like i need I... to see friends uh so i i don't really uh and a lot of the times i don't watch comedy because i'm trying to basically don't want to stumble onto something that I, i'll go uh and and may just because your brain will pick up and then you might try to you know, I, I just kind of, until I'm through a, I don't really watch comedy until I figured out my uh, special. And right. then I kind of watch stuff because I just don't want it to be something that I go, oh, that, you know, there's a, you know, that, that it might end up in some fashion or another, uh, you know, it might direct me. Because some, there's some great writing going on there. John Oliver used to drive me nuts because I'd go, why did I think of that? <laughs> Yeah, I I like to watch comedy. I I some comedy some comedy is great. Other comedy is bad. I mean, there's some yeah. comedy that I just can't watch. But uh, yours sure I like is. because yours at least has a little bit of uh, intelligence to it. Well, a lot of intelligence. Well, a little to bit it. for sure, just a, a little. A lot of a lot of intelligence. No, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> and then and I like uh, you know uh, Chappelle. There's moments that I really like. Chappelle. I like Dave Chappelle too. Yeah, I do you like know, his stuff. Um, you know, and then uh, I'm not going to sit here and discuss did he cross the line or not cross the line. You know, I don't. I, I don't. You know, I'm not. I'm not here to be the editor or the uh, arbiter for. You know, there's certain things when I feel like you. You know, you've crossed the line, and uh, and 
you know, I mean, it, the, the, it's basically up to the public to judge. I'm not, you know, there's, there's a, a 11, 1,200 comics in the country where we're supposed to police each other. And it's no effect on anything. That's the other thing. None, none. Well, comedy is supposed to be edgy anyway, and it's supposed to cross boundaries. And Yeah, but it doesn't affect anything. People didn't go, boy, I heard that, and then the world changed. <laughs> yeah, that David Tell bit, you know, and then we all went out and marched the next day. Shut the fuck up, okay? doesn't work that way. Somebody wrote in a rant recently to me about comedy, about comics and what we should expect from comics. And it, it, I'm not sure if it's in last week's or not, the, the rant cast that I do, and I don't know... Uh, and it was just terrific to have somebody from the outside, basically, who's not a comedian, go, what is the matter with you people? <laughs> so it was nice. Speaking of your rants, uh, are you going to be doing the after-show rants again at, at Providence? Of course. I have started to do it. Um, and uh, I've finally been able to get up. It was a matter of energy, for God's sake, because I hadn't been working so long. And um, uh, it's... Uh, it's been a, it's been numb. So it was really a matter of building up because it's like doing. I do a show, and then when I do the rants, it's like two different. It's like I'm doing two different shows. Right. Well, one's one's you know something you've worked on. The other one's impromptu. It's impromptu. Plus, it's there's a lot more just kind of you know it's a, a different rhythm cadence the whole thing. And right. I'm, essentially, it's like I'm doing that, and then I'm doing literally a kind of a what I've been doing on the Daily Show in a sense for years, and I'm doing back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back rants. Yeah. And, um, and so uh, I started doing it again, and, um, and, they're, uh, and, w and once again, the, the stuff is really, really good. A lot of it, as I I'm trying to point out, when I've been doing the new, uh, when I've been putting together into these uh, rant casts now that we, we get out weekly, I'm trying to go, oh, guys, well, let's start editing again, because because everybody's been in, uh, you know, has been spending so much time, you know, kind of locked up and, uh, you know, kind of we've not been in the public square. The It's a, a lot of it. It's all really good, but it's all overwritten. So where I could do 10 of these things before, now if, if I can get five done, I'm, I'm lucky. Well, I've seen, I watched a couple last night and there was some of them that were just, you know, they were novels that you were reading that these people had questions where they yeah. just long. Some of them were pretty funny, but some of them just went on and on. Yeah. You know, I mean, these just these questions that people come up with. Some, you know. So how do people submit their questions for that? They do it on your the, website? The easiest way is to go to lewisblack.com. Okay. You know, and then and the other thing that makes it easy is, is that if you're going to be at the show or you live in Providence or you're in, the, you're in Rhode Island and you can't make the show, is, is that you can watch it online and if you submit chances are uh, i have a tendency to, I, I certainly push for the fact that i will do the stuff from people who are either at the show or live in providence and then the people who live in rhode island or live close to to providence and then i go from there and then if somebody uh like there's a kid who wrote a really long one that was really brilliant about um uh somebody who wrote one at the end there it was just one thing after another about uh, uh idiots you know, deal, oh, it was about people that he worked with in the city I was at, and it was really uh, long, but it was nailed. It, it was so thorough <laughs> its examination of groups and groups and groups of idiots that it was phenomenal, and had a and it had a great lesson at the end. So, if, if and if I get something from like uh, I had something I read recently that was way long uh, from Canada because it 
basically talked about what it was happening at the border. And it was the one thing I got from Canadians about what was occurring at the border. So I thought it was important to read. That's good. Um, let's take a little bit of a turn here. Um, somebody had sent me a question they wanted me to ask you about your play, One Slight Hitch. Yeah. They were curious to know. They had two questions about that play. Now, I haven't seen it. I Do you want to tell me a little bit about it? Sure. It was a play that I wrote a um, hundred years ago. I wrote it in the early. I wrote it when I got out of drama school. It was uh, based on kind of a a, a girl that uh, that uh, I'd had a relationship with who said she'd never get married. Broke up with me and said she was going to marry somebody. I was like, "What? Are you kidding me?" She was adamant against marriage. And then uh, her family, had in, uh, when the, my friends all went to the wedding, I didn't. And my friends all came back saying. They all said that you should have been there and you should have been the one marrying her. Um, and then so I wrote this play based on that. Uh, what if I did show up? And then, But it was really mostly about what that impetus would be in terms of her choosing between a career and, and marriage. And Because I also felt it was the pivotal point in time, at least for me, looking at it. I'm sure that, you know, women would have a different opinion and depending on where, you know, like my mother, certainly, who was older when she, you know, made certain decisions. But I felt in terms of the society in general, that was the point where women really were caught between that decision of a job or, a, you know, of a career or a child or, or marriage, not a child, but a marriage. And so that's what the play is about. The reason I'm they ask is yeah. because evidently their boyfriend's daughter is going to be in Milford, Massachusetts this weekend. Oh, is, is that right? Right. And they said they wanted you to come see it. <laughs> well, good. Tell them if they can get a get me a, a private jet. No, I'm uh, no the. Uh, I told them you were uh, working. What, when is it? Evidently, it's this weekend. I didn't have that much information. That ain't well, I, I am working. Yeah, so I, I tell them so. if they can get me a video, I can watch it. But tell them great, and tell them that basically have a great time. It's fun. Okay, that play is a, it's a, it's a farce. Um, it's a romantic comedy hiding as a farce. They wanted to know what kind of pill Delo Delia took. Oh, that's anything between uh, you know. It's probably some sort of Valium, or uh, at that point. Um, or whatever would be the the equivalent of one of those, uh, you know, I'm going to calm down pills. Okay. Well, you know, back in the 80s. Not a Quaalude. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> so uh, your mother's 102 now. How is she? How is her health? 103. 103. Wow. Yeah. You got good genes in there. Yeah, I guess. Um, she's good. I mean, she's, I mean, good is an operative. She uh, wanted, you know, she's, uh, we talked this morning and. You know, be sure, you know, don't come visit me. There's a lot of sickness out there, and I don't want you to get sick. Right. And I said, well, it's, things are okay, Mom, really. They, they're calming down, and uh, you know, uh, but she's, uh, I have a, I'm very lucky that I can give her um, uh, in the, uh, the kind of 24-7 uh, care. That's how, you know, you, it's not just genes. It's that kind of care. True, you know? right. If, if, this, if I had left her, to the devices of these idiots who run this place. It was really great for a long time, and then they sold it, you know, because a lot of what goes on in terms of nursing homes is sales between, they sell it from one group to another group. Right. And they sold it to a group of uh, folks who really didn't even understand protocols. And um, so it, you know, if I'd left it in, you know, to, if I'd left her at, at, at their hands, um, she, she wouldn't have made it. Oh. So I'm I'm really uh, 
I'm really happy that it's it's worked out well, and she's treated, she gets she's comfortable, and you know, and she you know she kind of uh, you know we she you know works on these plants that are there and does crossword. You know, she does she keeps you know the the group that she that takes care of her keeps her you know uh, mentally and physically active. That's what that's really what you have to do. As long as you keep it up, yeah. it keeps. I mean, once you kind of give up, and that's when you wither is when you give up. Yeah. So. So um, you live in New York City, correct? I, at least that's where I appear to be. That's what, they, that's what they've been calling it. We're back, everybody, we're back. What well, bullshit, we're not back. Well, that's I what I was going to ask you. How are things in New York City, you know, post-lockdown? They're okay. They're not like, you know, that idiotic New Year's. Look, see, we're really back. No, we're not. Um, we're not back to anywhere like I'd say. 40% of where we should be, 50 if we're lucky. You know, we're getting there, uh, you know, but it's, uh, but we're not where we, sh- we should be. And there's a lot, you know, and I, it's not just here, it's everywhere I go. There's, a, you know, the, uh, the, the, the mental, the, the problem with the, the homeless and the mentally, uh, uh, those who have mental, the, the mental in, aren't capable mentally, uh, you know, who have mental health issues, not not the folks who can, you know, like, you know, the, the, the folks who are, you know, are struggling with depression and anxiety. I mean, the folks who are on the streets struggling with real problems, which is one of the reasons they're on the streets. Right. Um, is uh, it, it's there's a there's a more than had been out before. And I don't know where they were before. And I want to know why we can't figure it out. We're, the, we're the, one of the richest cities on earth. We got all of these empty buildings at this point. You know, you can't figure out how to put these people and, and, and put these folks in a situation in which we can't uh, help them on some level or another. I well, mean, because somebody can't make a buck off of it, probably. That's why. Yeah. Nobody does anything with an altruistic lean. They always have to figure out what's in it for them. Yeah. Well, this is really... That's what's really tough, and I've seen it here, and I saw it in Denver, and I hadn't seen it there before, and I just saw it in uh, Des Moines, even though they'll argue with me probably. One of the questions I wanted to ask you was, uh, do you drive? Not anymore. Not anymore? Mm-mm. I was hunting. Ball game's over. Why is it you stopped? Uh, well, A, I wasn't driving enough. Um, I'm not driving in New York. I'm not, uh, you know. I used to drive in when I was in Los Angeles, but then that got to be stupefying there because it's just the places I did it pick to be the places where I didn't have to deal with a lot of traffic. All had traffic. I'm not going to sit in these um, certain roads for hours. It made no sense. Um, and uh, and then uh, North Carolina, where I spent part of the time, I didn't drive at the drive there because I had a place where I could walk around. So basically, a there was no reason to you know, and then I had a tour bus. So there was no reason to drive. You know, there was less and less reason to drive. And I was never a great driver. Well, the reason I was asking, because I was imagining, I was just imagining road rage with you. Well, that was the reason the joke was, I said, and this is partly true, that I'd find myself in the back of a car that had picked me up at, at the airport in Los Angeles to take me to something. And I'd flown in for some sort of a, a meeting or audition and the car would pick me up and I'd be in the back of the car, and then I find myself screaming at other cars, <laughs> and I wasn't driving. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it. It, it can be yeah. infuriating. Well, if I had been, if I'd known about the lockdown, I would have continued to drive because that really was when I felt like, okay, now I wish I drove, but uh, I'm fine. That's good. Yeah, I watched your uh, the latest special you had. Thanks for risking your life. The one nominated for a Grammy Award, which I'll oh great. Point out. 
So that looks like it was filmed like impromptu filming. It was. It, it was totally luck. We had. Uh, I have two cameras that do the ranters do, so they're on all the time. Right. I, basically, for eight years, I've I've filmed every performance I've done because I think I'm psychotic. <laughs> and then, uh, and then besides that, we had two other cameras brought in just in case, and uh, that we got from the casino and asked them to film it with us. And uh, so it was literally a special that was. Uh, Shot with four cameras, you usually shoot them with six or eight. Um, so that was uh, that was the case there. I'm very important. Do you need to take that? No, I don't. <laughs> I just needed to. I was trying to figure out a way to tell my friend I'd call him back. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, no, that was uh, so. Um, so that was uh, so that was the reason for that being. You know, we didn't have a light on the audience. We right. didn't do any. It was it's about as intimate a special as you could create. And it, I think it, I'm, I'm glad we did it because, I mean, essentially, we, I just it was being shot as a kind of a historical, you know, document. Right. Here's the, one of the last shows that we're doing as a comic before the pandemic. And you don't know. And who knows when it was going to come back? That was the whole thing, right. too, because it's still yeah. I mean, I'm a performer. I'm still getting gigs canceled because of COVID. So, yeah, it's still affecting me. And yeah. Fortunately, I guess the bigger the bigger theaters have you know, policies in place that are protective and more safety than, you know, the venues that I play. So, yeah, you know, they're more, I mean, I still have friends that are getting COVID, just musicians, friends that are getting COVID, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm concerned about it because of the long-term effects. I'm not really, I don't think everybody's entirely sure about that stuff yet. Yeah. Just a couple more and we'll, we'll wrap this up. Um, yeah. uh, how do you, uh, how do you feel about the, the Trump Biden transition? Unbelievable ridiculous ludicrous nuts um and basically the basis of you know one of the basis of two different realities right it's one thing to argue over um you know and then there's this whole thing well it all started back then and you know people were uh, yelling that you know he wasn't the legitimate president no it wasn't like that okay it's not like that so stop it right. apples and oranges yeah there was some people who did it and and did the people like myself um, go, yeah, boy, he's not legitimate. And somebody who really, because I live in New York City and because only nine out of ten of us didn't want him to be the president, didn't mean that we all went, boy, he, sh he didn't win. Right. No. So stop it, okay? But this is, I mean, it's part of the, you know, it used to be, well, he he thinks this and the other guy thinks that. And I really think this should be what we should be thinking. Not that. It's This is, you know, insane. It is. This is, you know, there's another reality. And what, what I will claim until what I, the, the one major thing I've learned, one of the major things I've learned over the past few years is if you make something up and then you believe what you made up, then you're crazy. Right. It's right. the definition, the classic definition of crazy. Well, I they think they said they said uh, he won the election. They made that up. And when you make it up and then you believe it, that's nuts. You're nuts. It's not up for discussion. Well, I think they're using 1984 as a playbook these days if they know yeah. how to read. But I don't think they know oh, how to yeah, read. Good luck. <laughs> Yeah, Animal Farm, true. I like that book. It's a great book. I saw John Bauman when he opened for you last time because the last time I saw you was 2018, and he did a great right. he did a great bit with Trump with the wig that he had bought. Oh yeah, that was that was hysterical. Spectacular. Yeah, yeah. I, he was he was really funny. That's why I was asking about John. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to throw in here before I wrap this up? No, and... just said I'm going to be much funnier than this. <laughs> uh, 
seriously much funnier. Well, you know, it, it's a conversation. It's, you know. No, I understand. Don't <laughs> worry. I'm just telling the audience. And uh, so don't worry about it. And uh, I have a really great set that I put together. And it kind of bookends my last special. Um, and uh, so I'm kind of, and I'm hoping, you know, it really kind of comes right out of the last special. And it's, um, uh, and I'm really pleased with it. And I, I think we'll have a lot of fun. And um, and I, I look forward to it. I, I've always liked playing Providence. So you going to do anything fun while you're in Providence? Or are you just going to do a quick in and out? Probably a quick in and out. Yeah. Do you ever... Eat any of the restaurants in Providence? Yeah, never get a chance. I, I just never get a chance to. I mean, uh, I, I probably did. I did a way back, but I haven't in a, in a while. Well, it's a too bad. Someday you should plan some time to hang around Providence. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty good city, I can tell you that. I know from spending time there. Right. When you were coming up, did you play the the, the comedy club in Providence? or? There was one there that I played um, uh, for a, a, a couple of times, yes. Was it the Comedy Connection, do you know? Yes. Yes, yes. Yep, that's still going. So. Oh, good. And you've well, you've graduated to the bigger things, so that's that's yeah. that's a good thing. It well, is good. I hope you do comedy for a very long time to come because I enjoy your stuff, and I want to thank you for being part of my first podcast. Well, it's my pleasure, and I hope this is a real breakthrough, and I hope we get get you a ton of listeners, and that they realize how good this is going to be. It's life changing. Well, hopefully it is. Well, okay. thank you. You done good, and it was a pleasure. Thank Thanks you. My lot. pleasure. Thank you. Take care. This has been Motif's Look Who's Laughing podcast. We would like to take this opportunity to once more thank our sponsors, The Parlor, R1 Entertainment, and the Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden. We would also like to thank you for listening, and we hope to see you for the next episode.